All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Is it gone? No, Larry, damn it. What? Uh, okay, let's start again. I thought you said stop. No, I said, aha. All right, let's start again. Ready? Go. We are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, Tim Wurzberger. From Boston. From Boston. You said it right. And Larry Lynch from Parts <laughs> Parts Unknown. We don't know. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. Another action-packed sports week. Sure is. Wow. We're down to two, everybody. It was a sad, sad night last night. I was watching the Sharks Blues. It was interesting. I, earlier in the day, or was it the day before, I got a call from someone from San Jose, Douglas Murray. He runs their alumni. And me and Douglas have a history because we fought um, when I was playing with the Sabres. He was with Montreal, and I really did a number to his forehead, um, like exposed his skull. Like just if you have a chance, it's the reddest blood I've ever seen in a fight. But um, so did he play for the Sharks too? He did for yeah. a long time. Yes, yeah. long, long time. His nickname's Cranky. So when I was dealing with Jumbo, when he wanted me to come out and open up the door. He sent me a text. He's like, don't worry, I got Cranky on it. And I didn't know who so Cranky I'm was. I'm in the kid's room. I'm, I'm painting my twin's room a different color. So I'm, I'm in there painting the room. It seems like I'm always painting. And I get a call from a New York number, and I pick it up. He's like, oh, hey, it's Douglas Murray. And I, I immediately clicked, put two and two together. Oh, Cranky is Douglas Murray. <laughs> it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense because he's always cranky looking on the ice. Is it a well-known nickname? or No, well, not to me. <laughs> Apparently, uh, to everyone but me. So he, he uh, is running the alumni with San Jose now, and I guess they're in charge of getting players to open the door. That's a big thing in San Jose. They get ex-players. The guys come up before the game, and they, they open the door. It's very dramatic. And I was asked to do it. Doug, Doug was like, um, this was before game six, and he said, what are you doing Thursday? Jumbo really wants you to come out. The boys would love it. If you would come up for game seven, help us out. And I was like, well, you know, I have some things going on. What do you think? And he's like, we'll fly you out. We'll get you the hotel. Um, usually we only get guys in town, but Jumbo and the boys, like I said, really want you out. And I was like, well, let me see if I can move things around. And I really wanted to go, but lo and behold, it wasn't even needed. I know because of the dirty, disgusting St. Louis Blues and their illegal tactics and their hits to the head. They took out how many players for the final game? No Carlson, no Pavelski, no Hurdle. Arguably your top three players are out of the lineup. And they just blew them out of the water for game six. So my 
my opening door skills, my door opening skills will not be needed this year. It's pretty cool. They were going to fly you across the country for that, huh? Across the country. Damn. Economy. It was going to be all first oh, class. Baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'll take some pretzels and a Sprite. Would you have had a, like a nice like a warm-up speech or a pump-up speech for the boys? Get them going? Um, absolutely. <laughs> Give us a taste of that, please. Well, I would have asked DeBoer to step aside, and I would have came in the room and be like, Boys! <laughs> You get one chance to make the cup cup finals. Jumbo, how many years have you played? And he would have gone, 17. 35. 35 years. I'm like, Jumbo, how many times have you been in the cup final? He would have been zero. This is it, Jumbo. This is your time. And the boys would have just gone crazy. And it would have been game over after that. I think they would have signed me to a contract. I would have played in the Stanley Cup finals. I would have raised the cup. I would have had a ring. And I would have never had to do this podcast again. All they would have had to do... Is, is win game six. All they would have had to do was win game six. Game <laughs> seven would have been it. a tap in. So that's all they have to do. Game six should have flied me in for game seven. But say la vie. It wasn't even lo- close. It was not even they close. They never had a shot, really. It was not even close. It was set. Oh, John Aiken's here. Whoa. Hello. John pops in. Hey, Who's I that? Had, I had a meeting. I'm sorry. Big John. We got four guys on the podcast now. It's a big this podcast. We're going to have to raise our hand to talk. Well, I don't, but you guys <laughs> have to raise your hand if you want to talk. And then I'll point. Bullshit. John, we're no cussing on my podcast. Okay. Larry, my edit Larry. that out. Yeah, I'll be sure to beat that. Thank you very much. Uh, that's and, and he won't one. do it again. I'll make sure. No. Yeah. Okay. But it was, um, you know, we're down to two. I think the sentimental favorite was the Sharks. Everybody wanted Jumbo to win. And, you know, it is what it is. What do they do now, though, the Sharks? I spent a lot of time thinking about that the last few days because they were them and Columbus were the two teams that really – Mortgage their future going forward. They traded for Carlson in the offseason, gave up a lot of assets, went out and got uh, Gustav Nyquist at the deadline, did not trade any of the UFAs at the deadline, and now here we are. They're up against the cap. I think next year they're committed to $58 million for 15 players, and then you have a lot of tricky cap numbers. Do you re-sign Carlson? Do you re-sign Pavelski? Do you re-sign Thornton? Your RFAs are Meyer and LeBlanc, who pretty much were arguably your top three, four, five guys in the playoffs behind Pavelski and Hurdle and Couture. What do you do? Do you, do you honor the older guys, Jumbo and Pavs, and give them deals, or do you do the New England Patriots way and just kind of walk away from the guys who got you there and – Boom. Sorry, fellas. You're, you're past your prime. Pabs are 35. Jumbo's going to be 40. Those are typically... They're well beyond their years. And they're not exactly speed demons. Like, their game is puck control, you know, using your body. And that's when your body, you can't use it as well when you get to 35, 39. Maybe there's an exception. You know, who knows? I love those guys. I call them very good friends. And it's going to be an interesting summer. Do you think they'd be as respected at a different team that they are like in San Jose? Jumbo would because Pavelski would. Pavelski would not. No, I believe he has been the most underrated goal scorer in the last ten years in the league. He's consistently gets thirty five a year, and do you ever hear his name outside of San Jose? Ever? Hmm. Never, John. I rarely see. I mean, I didn't point at you. That was a test. A strike two, John. <laughs> but in all honesty, though, I don't think he gets the due 
that he has earned because he, he plays in San Jose. He's on the West Coast. No one sees him because their games start at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. So, yeah, Jumbo, anywhere he goes, he'll still get that star treatment. But Pavs, he won't. That would be the – I think if Corey Perry ends up going somewhere, it'll be similar. He is a star in this league, but he, he isn't a star – to the mainstream fans, the, the fans out east, the fans in the Midwest, he's kind of a little bit of an unknown. And Pavs is even worse than uh, a guy like Corey Perry or Ryan Getzlap. So, I don't know. If it was up to me, if I was a GM, if you gave me Doug Wilson's job tomorrow, I would ask Jumbo to take a hometown discount. Hopefully, he would sign for 2 to $3 million. The key is wrapping up Meyer and LeBlanc. If you can get them for under... Eight million, both of them. That's you're you're doing good. It's if you want to keep Carlson or not. I don't know. Do you want to keep Carlson? Well, that's a big question. Whatever they do, they got to go all in one way or the other. Either like bring everyone back in, keep bringing assets, plan on making a move at the deadline next year, assuming they're in the race, or blow it up completely. You it's can't just, bring everyone back. You cannot bring them possible. all back. It's impossible. Well, but yeah, but I say that because if you if you do like half measures, you're going to be stuck in this no man land that you've been in for a, a decade now with these guys. You're going to have a good team because the core's there. Hurdle had a great year. He's a centerman now, which is a huge change for them. You're going to have Couture. You got Kane wrapped up. You still have Burns and Vlasic and Jones and Braun and Dylan, and the core is there. You're going to re-sign Meyer and LeBanc. You have good players, but. Do you? It's it's a tricky situation. Do you put all your eggs in Carlson's basket? He didn't have a great regular season. His playoffs were good, but do you need John? Yes, I would. I would. Uh, I would resign Carlson. Yes, because he looks most like my uncle Harold, who would be most likely to call someone brother at a dive bar. Okay, um, that is almost strike three for John. <laughs> Two and a half. <laughs> Two and a half. Noah, okay, good. Uh, that duly noted. Thank you. But I do think going with Carlson, oh man, I don't know, because they have so much money wrapped up in the defense already. And they already have their stud defenseman. They don't, yes. need, they don't need that guy. They already have him. But then do you sign Pavs and Jumbo and handcuff yourself for three years to guys who are they're well past their prime, arguably? It's such a it's such a tricky situation. I can't think of a GM that has a harder job this summer than than those guys, right? Like, who's got tougher questions to answer? Duba Dubas from Toronto. Yeah, yeah, but that's more of a money thing than a decision making thing. He, yeah, this is a, it's a tough decision. Is he going to be able to be Bill Belichick and just cut cut ties with Pavs and Jumbo? I don't. He think, wishes. He wishes is he right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's such a, I have such an allegiance to this team and I love all those guys. I don't know Carlson. So my heart says just get rid of Carlson. But my mind's telling me no. Oh no. We've talked about Not this. again. <laughs> so if again, if I'm Dougie Wilson, I'm getting Jumbo on a discount, hometown discount. Hopefully. He takes it? I think he will. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else. When they tried to trade him a few years back when I was there, they asked him to waive his no trade, and he said, kick rocks. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And I know he likes San Jose. He's got an amazing house. His family loves it. And I think he would take a discount. He made $5 million last year, and I think he outperformed his contract. So he, he could potentially make five, five, six million $6 somewhere else, but I think he would take $3 million in San Jose. 
just to make it work. And then you sign Carlson, and then regretfully, if Pavs wants a big number, you got to let him walk. Like you have to make those those deals. I think Carlson is one of those guys where there's only four or five legit guys like him in the league, and to have two of them on your team is such a luxury. And they win you hockey games. Who gets they really to see? do? Who gets to see if Pavs leaves? If Pavs leaves, you Couture? give it. Well, if Jumbo's there, you can't give it to him because they took it away from him already. I think you yeah. give it to Couture. Couture, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Bernsey, but Couture is a much better pick. Yeah, was I'm he smart. an A this year? Yeah, he was an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Cooch would have to get it or Bernsey, one of the two, because they're both signed long term. Or a guy who never gets brought up is Vlasic, who I've always said is the most underrated defenseman in the league. Can we talk about him for a minute? Because love to. Yeah. So and you play with him, right? Yes. He's one of those guys. I mean, I think he's a good shutdown defenseman. He's a good two way guy. Doesn't put up a lot of points, but every year he makes Team Canada. Every like three Olympics in a row. Or even like the worlds or whatever. And part of the reason I was reading into this is because Canada doesn't have any big lefty defensemen. Like all their best defensemen, Petrangelo, Keith, Subban, Weber, Dowdy, they're all righties. And their lefties are like, it's been him, it's been Seabrook. Like they don't have any big... Bomeister. Yeah. Um, that's, where you, that's why you see Vlasic, who's like a, a second pairing guy on his own team, logging first pairing minutes on Team Canada. He's kind of, an unbelievably gifted defenseman Positional wise, positionally, he knows where to be. He is the most sound defenseman you'll ever play with in your whole entire life. Coaches must love him, right? Coaches love him. You tell him, you go, okay, see that guy right there? Don't let him score a point. And he won't. He's unbelievable. He's just one of those guys, you don't notice him on the ice, but then you don't notice the other team's top player because he's just so efficient in what he does. And he'll play 20, 22 minutes a game. He'll score, what, 20, 30 points a year? Nothing crazy, but he's so good. So good. And he's a big dog guy. Loves dogs. Yeah, I saw him on Twitter trying to win some NHL dog contest or something with some pictures. <laughs> we had a, there was um there was a funny thing. We were in Vancouver. Tim wants a beer, Larry. <laughs> Toss him over a brewski. I was trying to be subtle about I it. I know. There's nothing subtle about dropping the gloves with John Scott. Dun, dun, dun. Boom. So we're in Vancouver. Oh, were you gonna shotgun it? No. <laughs> Tim too hearted, my man. My man. That was Tim. a good one. I don't want to be turning the spit and chicklets here. Let's keep it Uh-oh. professional, boys. Shots fired. No, I, it's you know they're a very successful podcast, but it's just a little too crazy for me. Um. Anyways, we're in Vancouver around the bus, and I think we're going to pregame skate. And there was a Pickles was sitting behind me, and he loves dogs. And there was a dog up on uh, up on a balcony, like just I don't know. It was like eight in the morning, nine in the morning. I was like, "Hey, Pickles, check out the." Uh, Check out the behind on that lady up there. And he's like, hoo-hoo. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's got a nice nice backside on her. And it was like this golden retriever up there. I'm like, Pickles, she, she's just your type. And he's like, oh, real funny, John, real funny. Because he's just like the biggest dog. I think he brought some dogs back from Sochi when it went over there for the Olympics. A lot of guys did. Bacchus. Well, yeah. What? Yeah, because yeah. there, be, there was these stray dogs running around. Before the Olympics, Putin went around and had like a big extermination Whoa. Tim, you would probably like that. Um, <laughs> I love dogs. I hate exterminations. <laughs> Don't even. Don't even go there. But no, they literally rounded up all the wild dogs in the area and like just killed them all. Wow. And so when they were there, they would have these wild dogs. Obviously, some got away. And the players would befriend them. And they took them back over to, uh, to Canada. A kind of Olympians did. Not just hockey either. 
It's all, all sports, all countries. Maybe yeah. that was their plan. All, like, we don't have to exterminate them. We'll just bring a bunch of Put them in the village. Canadians. <laughs> Put them in the Olympic village. I think Bacchus brought like six or seven. Bacchus more. also was a big dog guy. Wow. Yeah. I know. I don't think I could. Like, is there, is there not you shelters don't have a here? You dog, do you? No, we no. used to, but we got rid of it. Oh, no. And we didn't kill it. We just uh, gave it to... <laughs> we had it off. You took, no, you took care of it. No, we gave it to Behind one of our friends. <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't. Our dog was the worst dog ever. Uh, so we had to get rid of it. But that's another podcast. <laughs> so um, let's, let's circle back for a minute. I want to talk some more about the sharks. What we haven't talked about yet is between the pipes. Do you think they have a problem? Do you think Martin Jones is that guy that can take him to a cup? Or do you think he's they're stuck with him to see whatever you get out of him you get? It's uh, they're stuck with him now, right? And he's not going anywhere. No team's going to take him on. He makes almost six million, so like he has shown he can win. Like he's a very skilled goalie, but he hasn't shown he can win that big, big game, you know. And again, this off season, this playoff, sorry, he was shaky. He was in some soft goals. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have that closing, confident factor that most goalies have. I know if it's a close game and you have a Henrik Lundqvist or even uh, Tuka Rask, you know he's going to make A, all the saves he's supposed to make, and B, five or six saves that he has no right making. And it's going to save you a game. He's going to win you a game in a series, and Jones just doesn't have that. I don't see him winning you a game, let alone making all the saves that he has to make. And who knows? Maybe I'm off base, but just from evidence this year, it's just I would be concerned if I was San Jose in that position. Is that something a goalie can can get over time and build to, or is it one of those killer instincts either you're born with it or you're not? No, you can gain it because you look at a guy like um, Antti Niemi. Yeah. He was an relatively unknown. He came over. He played well for a few years. Then he won the Stanley Cup, and then everybody wants him because he won the Cup with the Hawks. But... Yeah, it just takes one good playoff run to get that confidence and just not get nervous when crunch time comes on, you know, because that's what happens. You start to squeeze your stick a little bit more. I'm using an analogy as a player, but as a goalie, like you maybe overplay an angle, you try to do too much, and it's in the back of your net. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not relying on your fundamentals. You just get overwhelmed by the moment. And you're over, you're overcompensating because you don't have a trust in the goalie. Exactly. And then as a player, if you don't trust your goalie, you're trying to do too much and then you get put out of position. I don't want anybody to shoot. And then it ends up just being backdoor tap-ins. And it's just nobody plays well when you're not confident in your goalie. I've had goalies where it's like, geez, this guy's not saving a beach ball. We need to not let anybody shoot. And then you end up giving up like breakaways and tap-ins because you're trying so hard and it just doesn't work. You play your best when you're relaxed and not nervous or worried something bad's going to happen. It's 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 a very strange dynamic that the the brain works that way. You're at your best when you're just most relaxed. That's why I think this podcast even if we've had a few beers, oh yeah. I it mean, runs what? so much more smooth. You know what I mean? Even my wife's like, you just sound like you're more relaxed. You sound like yourself. <laughs> does she know that you're drinking? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, she does. It well, sounds my husband's like you an alcoholic. tolerate the other people in the room a little more. <laughs> I just feel like I need to just, yeah, calm the nerves down a little bit. I wish everyone could see how small the beer can looks in your hands. It looks like a golf ball in those bear claws. We'll take a picture and tweet it out. Okay. Speaking of tweets, I noticed some people were trashing your, uh, your intro song to your podcast. They sure were. What? <laughs> no. John, have you ever heard the intro song? 
It's a jingle. I have not actually ever heard it. You don't listen to Dropping the Gloves? I listen to the podcast, but I get the broken down version. I I study it every week. Ah. Just so I'm always improving as a person. I'm very, you know, just hands-on. But yes, I would love to hear the intro. What they say. I don't think I've ever approved this. All right, Larry. Nice. I feel like... This is the intro for like a QVC infomercial. That's what someone said. They said it sounds like an infomercial. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I get like yogurt commercial. Did you do that yourself? I didn't write it. No, but I... He I wrote it. I found he it. He recorded it. Here's a question. He booked studio time. I remember we talked about this yeah. at the infancy of this podcast. Is there any way... Because my favorite band is Tragically Hip. Can uh, I get that band? As I an think intro it's song, it's a fine line. You're not allowed to use other people's music for a podcast. I uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but the guy died. I know. So oh, so Rest, we, no, no he's Gord not Downey. It's not even <laughs> funny to talk about. He no. was like, I cried when he passed away. Well, John like, took a personal my... day. Yeah. Can we can we write a jingle? And John, would you sing it? I would sing it if we wrote one. Because I agree, that isn't the greatest intro. It's not terrible. I like it. Yeah, my. I thought it was the most right down the middle. It's not like too light, not too heavy. I don't know. I'm obviously. Well, it's wrong. definitely not too heavy. <laughs> it's that's the opposite of heavy. We should test out a bunch of different ones and see what the the fans like. Should we let the fans pick How the do you intro? Feel about dubstep. I don't even know what that is. Let's <laughs> imagine like let's your get a tweet out. Get some fan opinion. I'll on tweet that. it out soon. Once I get my, I just ran out of batteries on my phone, so I'll tweet it out. <laughs> yeah. Later on today, we'll get because. Yeah, we need something catchy because you know people on the internet—they're always try super spot one? on. Do we? Do you think we have any fans out there that are musicians that could maybe make an intro to the podcast? What if we all make our own? Oh, a version? contest, and the winner gets uh, to be my intro song. I yeah. bet Larry and I could compete. I'll make sure. One. I'll submit one. Tim, I'll I'll tweet slap it. Slap it abyss. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, let's for real do this, everyone. If you give me the best song, I'll make it the intro song. But. You're on the line if it sucks. Why don't they just email my website? All right. Send the email to info at johnscottallstar.com. I think that'd be fun to get a new intro because that one, you know, I actually agree with the tweets because it's good, but it could be better. I'll say that. Sure. I'll say that. Speak up, John. I can take the criticism. Our intro song is just just talking about how handsome Patrick Sharp is. (laughs) I have a funny Patrick Sharp story. Is this the poop story? No. Another story, we were in Dallas, and we had just won, I think, five to one, and I was dressing next to him, and Dave Boland was on the other side of me, and so we come off the ice, and everyone's in a good mood because we had won five to one, but Sharpie was not happy because he missed a couple, I don't know, he must have had a bad game, I don't know, I, I was, was not paying attention to his game, so we come off the ice, we're like, yeah, what's up, Big B, like, great, we start undressing, and Sharpie, I'm beside him, mind you, and so he's undoing his skate, and when he undoes his skate, he like kicks it off, I guess, and he was so pissed, he kicked his skate, and it flew off his foot, and it spiraled, almost <laughs> no. cut my jugular, yeah. went right <laughs> underneath my neck, and landed and cut Dave Boland's wrist, What? and blood started to squirt everywhere out of no. his wrist, all over me, wow. and all over Bully. And Bully grabs his wrist, covers it up, and everyone's just like, what do we do now? 
<laughs> because he cut his wrist open with his skate. And so he runs to the training room. He was out for a few weeks because of that. Are you serious? Yeah, because Sharpie cut him with his skate. It was crazy. Sharpie buy him like, like a watch or something? I don't know what happened, but I was like, holy moly, I'm covered in blood. What do I do? Um, like, I just, like, it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. It was such Man, a random... Those uh, skates are uh, sharp. Sh- Patrick, sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing in a men's league last last summer, and I... Oh, here we go. Here we go. He's, he's going to try to one-up me. He's going to one-up me with this men's league story. Okay. Well, yeah. Here we as go, soon as Tim. I started talking, your eyes start rolling. So. Tell me about the story, I don't, I don't think I'm going to tell the story anymore. Tell no, me about I'm your Boston here. men's so, league. <laughs> exactly. It was a Boston men's league. No, I, I, I quit Chara my... Chara was there. <laughs> Yeah, it was me and Char on the blue line. No, I quit. I quit my job last year. My mom said, like, the one thing you got up and take take the summer off work. You got to get health insurance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. She said, no, you have to get, it, you have to get it. So I got it. Got like independent health insurance. It was expensive. The like second week into my into my summer playing men's league, I forget. I was I still I was stupid because I was like going down to block a shot or something. And it was, okay, what? Yeah, I why know. are I, you listen, John? I have shot. one speed. I can't. Okay. I can't turn it down. And uh, go, go, go. And uh, but I come up as a scrum, like a little skirmish in front of the net. I come back up, and my wrist. Look down. My wrist is just gushing blood. And I was a skate had cut it. I didn't see it happen. It all happened so quickly. And I was like, <laughs> my face is like white. I'm like, go to the ref. I'm like, uh, I'm freaking ble- I'm bleeding right now. Like my wrist is just spurting blood. He's like, it's Mensley. I'm a plumber. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, the first kid was a young ref. He had no idea what to do. The other ref was older. He had me elevated. He was squeezing my wrist so hard, like putting pressure yeah. on. I had bruises from his fingers. It ended up not being a big deal. Like it was only skin. It was deep, but there was no artery damage. And I had to do an ambulance ride and everything to the hospital. Really, you got to para- ride an ambulance. The wow. paramedics came. They're like, "It's not a, not an emergency. You're fine, but like you have to get stitches tonight. So we'll take you in the ambulance." And I was like. Like I could have driven, but I was. It was a big. You was, passed out. I could have yeah. drove, but I passed out. They, that's what they were worried about. So I was in the hospital to like it was. Of course, it was eleven o'clock men's league skate, so it was just it was a nightmare. Um. So yeah, me and me and uh, in Boland to kind of great work, story, Tim. Great story. Wow, way to put the podcast to a huge halt. Yeah, you know what? This is my my scar, my cross to bear. So it's. Uh, oh wow, you and Jesus Christ. <laughs> you guys are very similar. Wow. Did you just compare yourself? To God, I heard that. To Jesus, we all have our crosses to bear. Wow, he's not even denying it. All right, so before we move on, I'm gonna circle back to the sharks and circle back to Joe Thornton, and I want to ask you a question and answer this not as his buddy, as his pal, but as a hockey fan, which you are now. You're just a fan, John. Does yeah. son of a gun? <laughs> yeah. uh, he what are the Sunday chances, nights. Larry? Cue up the All Star game again. I want to watch it. <laughs> what What are the chances that Thornton retires this summer? Zero percent chance. Do you, if you, even if you didn't, if you oh, even if you weren't his buddy, would you, would you think that? Yeah, he's a serviceable third line guy. Now that he's limited his role, he he doesn't expect to be a first or second line guy. He has accepted, listen, embraced it. I'm a third-line guy, and it's helped his game. He plays against sub-car, subpar competition, and he put up some decent points this year. Obviously, like, he wears the A, so he brings the leadership and experience. He was healthy. Too. Regardless of the A, his age, strictly statistically, he deserves to play. He put up somewhere, I think, 40 to 50 points. So you know who agrees with you? 
Who? Devin Setaguchi. Remember him? Yeah, Seto. Was he there when you were there? No, but no. I, well, he, he was around. He had retired already. He had a big year, uh, maybe like 08, 09. He had played on Thornton's line, put up 30 goals. Yeah, he should give Jumbo half his salary because he <laughs> yeah. like Jumbo set him up for every one of those goals. It's an outlier in his career. Oh, for my sure. word, yeah. Uh, but he's been tweeting a lot, and he said earlier today, um, everyone, this is a quote unquote, everyone's saying this could be Joe Thornton's last year. Wake up. He had 51 points in 72 games this year, coming off back-to-back ACL and MCL surgeries. He's playing third-line minutes. He's going to be even better next year with actual time to prepare to uh, train because he's healthy. Did we just mind meld, me and Devin Setaguchi? I don't know. You guys are on the same line. I did line. not read his tweets. Oh. We're on the same what? Line. Oh, hockey pun. Get it? Oh, we have just scraping the barrel. Because hockey. <laughs> wow. But no, he, he is definitely on the right path. I don't think there's any way Jumbo can retire. He he has, you know, he's shown time and time out. His his conditioning is top-notch. He he doesn't need to be the first guy in on the forecheck. He's not the fastest guy. He never has been. But he's still a good third-line center. You know, he's great on the power play. He controls the puck, protects the puck. He's like a Yager, almost. Yeah. Where how he protects the puck and makes plays. His vision is second to none. Like, he still has all the skills needed to be a, a stud. And every once in a while, even now, like this year, this postseason, you see something he does, you're like, oh, yeah, Joe Thornton. There he is. You remember, you remember who he was. Jumbo. He always does. He drives into the corner, stops up, a little backhand sauce to some guy screaming down the slot. He just... He's so good. I still remember being on the ice with him. He's like, John, just put your stick on the ice. Like, that's all. Like, and I was like, perfect. And he puts it on your tape in the right spot at the right time. He's, there's no way he retires. No way. So at what point do you, uh, given their loss last night, at what point do you reach out to him and give him a little uh, love tap? Already done. Already did? Already done. How's he doing? He's doing, well, he didn't respond. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, he, like, he'll come back strong. He, he, uh. You know, he's been through this before. And no chance he wants to go anywhere but San Jose? Well, there's obviously a chance. If a team like Washington or some other team reaches out with a better chance to win the Cup than San Jose, but I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think he needs a Cup to solidify his legacy. I don't think he's chasing a Cup. I just think he... I don't think I know this. He loves to play the game. He loves to be around the the boys in the game. And he feels comfortable in San Jose, like he doesn't feel like he needs a cup to to like solidify him. It does. It's not going to make or break his career if he wins a cup or not. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he just loves the game. Do you think there's any chance? Like, if if I'm him, I'm I'm not signing anything until I see what the Sharks do this summer to make sure it's a place I want to be to make sure it's a place that might win a cup. Um, and if, if they're if they're selling, if they're not making moves that I don't like, I'm going to go sign somewhere else. Tim, they can't sell. They can't sell anybody. Well, b- by God sell, damn. I mean not resigning. Like Pavelski, Carlson. Like if they don't bring those guys back, then I don't want back either. They can't bring both of them back. So I think they'll talk to Jumbo. What What would you like to do? Like he has that relationship with Doug. Like LeBron. Who do you yeah, want on this team? Exactly. Well, who wouldn't? Like why would you not elicit the help of Jumbo who – knows better than anybody what the team needs. Like, I don't know, you'd be stupid not to. So, it is what it is. Even if he doesn't come back, he does come back. San Jose is going to be a threat in the West. They still have the horses in the stable, with or without Pavs or Jumbo or Carlson. Of all three of those guys leave, they're still a playoff team. Tim. Oh. <laughs> I, I agree, but they've been a playoff team for a decade and a half, and they haven't done anything with it. So The only year they've made the playoffs for 15 straight years. 
except for one year that I was there. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing, I was yeah. I was obviously the cancer that ruined that year. Oh, no. I know. Well, that was the year they had. The you got one. you got another tweet the other day. Someone calling out. How come you didn't dress for Game Seven against Vancouver? And that's the one game they lost that series. Yeah, because Coach Q made a and you ask Q to this day. What was your biggest coaching mistake? And he'll say not dressing John Scott for Game Seven. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure he'll say that. We would have won the cup. Thanks a lot, Q. No, you wouldn't have. Got, you wouldn't be Boston. Yes, we would have. No, oh, not a chance. Man. If they squeaked by Vancouver in seven, we would have. Okay, it was four Boston. nothing in Game Seven. We yeah. beat them up. They were a better no. team. We we just uh, first game. I would have one punch Chara, and it would have been lights out. No, you wouldn't, because he wouldn't waste his time with you. That was the whole point. No, it would have happened. No, especially happened. not in Stanley Cup. He would, he, no, he's too smart for that. No, he's a super smart guy. Yeah, he's a he's a wrestler. He's smart. So speaking of games, there's game one of the Stanley Cup final coming up, but there was also another game yeah, that just happened of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Was it the the series finale or the yes. season well, finale? Series. Never to have Done. another episode ever. Dun, so dun, how dun, many dun, 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 how many dun, dun, dun. seasons did they have? Eight. I have not watched one second of this show, <laughs> and so I was getting so annoyed. Every news feed, everything that I came across this past week was game of thrones finale who's gonna win the throne or the game or Tyrion or who won darn darm yeah darn darn stark darn stark is that who won so yeah give me your hottest game of thrones take you never or, seen no, no, no. It. Or, or on that what do you think it is is what i want to know i think and this is from just watching nothing and just reading nothing just headlines basically it is people trying to be the king of the the throne. The right. king of the kingdom. Yeah. Or queen. Yeah, you nailed it. Because that, it just in the name itself, Game of Thrones, or is there multiple thrones? I don't know. But it's it seems to me that someone is trying to be the ruler of all of, kind of like the Hobbit of all the realms. Sure. Yeah, Spot on. Oh, I feel like right. I nailed it. close. And that's it. And I feel like the dragon people probably won. Kind of. You gotta tune in to find out. I'm yeah. never gonna tune in. Let's let's hang out and we'll watch all the episodes. Oh yeah. That'll... I am not interested in that genre whatsoever. I actually my kids are reading Chronicles of Narnia, and that Ooh. is kind of closer. It is close. That's an inspiration for sure. So I'm gonna watch those movies. My wife's reading them the books now. I am not. Um I will watch the movies with them when they get a little older because I feel like they're not at that stage yet. But tell me, gentlemen, who won the Thrones? It was Darn. Was it Darn? Darn Stark. Yeah. And what is, I heard, is he in a wheelchair? Yeah. He's Brandon yeah. Stark. Bran. 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 Nah, not Darn. But yeah, he was in a wheelchair and he won the throne. All I heard was Aaron Rodgers' take on how he was not oh, happy yeah. with it. <laughs> and I was just watching his take and I was like, you are such a loser. He was in one of the episodes as an extra. And I was like, how are you this invested? And I'm going to get some whatever. You know what? You If you actually watched it, I think you, you would like it, though. I, don't I think, think they got to re- reshoot the series and have John play The Mountain. I'm listening. <laughs> the guy whose name is The Mountain, he's, he's, he's only an important character because he's so big he's and strong. He's huge. Just, he's like seven foot and he's strong, but there's no way you're stronger. Was, and better looking. What's, um, gosh, what's the guy who's Aquaman? Ooh, yeah, he Jason was Momoa. Was he yeah. in it? 
He, that's how he got started. So when I was in St. John's, he was at a restaurant that I was after a game. I went out to eat, and he was there. Dang. And I didn't know who he was, and they're like, he's here filming Game of Thrones. Really? And I was like, and this was like, uh, well, how long was that? What I saw? 2016. Okay. So three, four years ago. Was he in the show at that time? No. Yeah, that doesn't make, that doesn't add up. Must have been longer ago than that. Yeah. No, it was definitely not longer ago. Cause that's He's probably filming Aquaman. Maybe he was filming Aquaman. <laughs> so he was there and everyone's like, yeah, he's from Game of Thrones. So that's, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was filming something else. But I was like, he's not that big. Yeah. But he was pretty much. Wait, so, yeah, and he's, he's pretty handsome, though, right? He's, he's a handsome got long guy. hair. I don't think he's handsome. He's just got long hair. <laughs> Tim has just yeah. said he's handsome. He just said Patrick Sharp is super handsome. Okay. Patrick Sharp is handsome, and you know it, and you agree. <laughs> no, he's a beautiful man. But no, I'm not going to watch GOT. No. All, All right. right. So here, what is happening in my life? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Let's talk about John Scott. For Let's a second. talk about me because. I'm, I've ramped up my training for the triathlon, the Ironman. Yeah, it was supposed to start Monday. How's that going? Not good. <laughs> so I, last night, we put the kids to bed. I'm like, I'm going for a run. And my wife was like, oh, I, I actually wanted to go for a run too. I was like, oh, oh no. you know, I was going to put on the Raptors game and listen to it and run around for a little bit. And she's like, oh, let's go for a run together. I was like, okay, a little apprehensive about the idea, but I went along with it. We live in a very hilly area. So... And she runs all the time. And not she runs a lot. I think three times a week she goes for a run around the neighborhood. So she's done it before. And this was my second time ever. And so we start running and everything's fine for the first little bit. We go up the first hill. Everything's fine. And then I hit the wall where <laughs> I, I just can't go anymore. And I felt... I don't know if you guys have ever worked out with a woman or your wife or anybody who... You like are attracted to it's in it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's awful. It's so incredibly embarrassing when she is like encouraged, come on, come on, you can do it, let's go, let's go. And I'm like struggling. Emasculating. Oh my goodness. And I, here I am training for this Iron Man. This pro athlete. Pro athlete, and she is like, Come on, little guy. <laughs> you can do it. Long story short, I almost barfed twice. I cut the run short for myself because I couldn't do it. And I felt like such a terrible father, husband, man. I let my family down. Oh, I just felt so degraded. We get back to the house. I'm just like in my room by myself, just like shaming myself. She's like, you did okay. You know, it'll be fine. You're, You're not making gonna- it worse. Yeah, I'm like, don't talk to me. This is not helping. How, how far into the run did you hit a wall? Oh my gosh! Within, I gotta know how long you made it. Yeah, within the first like five minutes. It was <laughs> hills, though, you guys. It was yeah. hills, very steep hills. All right. And it. Let's just. I am not confident going into the Ironman now. So let me just state the obvious here, right? If you're jogging with your wife around the neighborhood and you're hurting, I know you have an Ironman competition in like less than three months. I know, and I ran into someone who was doing it. One of my friends is doing it as well. A bunch of my friends are doing it. And I was like, so how's your training going? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I started a, a few months ago. I've been swimming at the Y. I've been biking. I've been running. And I'm just like, I've not done anything. And I, I need to stop being a victim and start being proactive. So this is it. That run last. I'm going to run tonight. I've already had four beers. This is not helping my training. So, yeah, it was not a good night last night. You got to hit the, the bike trails with Larry and I. 
Well, I know, you guys. Put in that work. I got to put in the work. So hopefully the next time we talk, everyone, I'm going to have a couple runs and bikes under my belt. And I'm going to be improving myself. So pretty exciting news, everybody. Next week, Wednesday, 3.30 p.m., we are doing a live podcast. We've talked about this a lot. I've always thought it was something we could do. It'd be super cool to talk to everybody, get some questions, interact with everybody rather than just doing a podcast and, you know, hopefully you like it, hopefully you don't. If we're having a garbage podcast, you can let us know you guys suck, you guys stink. Or if you want to hear something, you want to ask a question, you want to ask Tim about why he's a Nazi, I don't know. <laughs> but next Wednesday, live episode, go to Gloves Off Hockey, their Facebook page. Log in. I don't know how Facebook works. Just go and click on their page and you'll be asked to go to our podcast and we'll have a nice live podcast. I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. So next week, Wednesday, 3.30, go to Gloves Off Hockey, their Facebook page, and we'll just have a nice podcast, a live one. And hopefully it goes well and we can keep doing it because I think this is an unreal idea. I'm excited for it. So check it out next week.